the Mad Axman podcast as we really get onto a roll this week, starting to learn to know what we're doing with recording audio and keeping it half decent quality. There's also now six people in the virtual Mad Axman studio, and we welcome Tamsin, the prolific blogger and even more prolific painter, to um, join us. You might even find some actual useful stuff this week in a rare brand new departure. Um, sit back, pick up your paintbrush, enjoy the lockdown podcast. and welcome to the third lockdown Mad Axman podcast in in miraculous development we've actually stuck with this for three weeks in a row um, although we've still got to get to the end of this one before technically we can do that I think last week we managed to also improve the audio quality so it wasn't just utterly unlistenable to and um, looking on Podbean um, and I believe we've had about nearly 100 downloads of the last one and, and more than that of the first one so People are actually listening to this out there in, in Wargaming land, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be more joining us again soon. So this time we've got an even bigger set of people on Zoom um, going around. I think we're all on different different orders on each other's screens. But but if I'm going from kind of clockwise from, from top left, that starts with Andy Finkel, 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 Finkel. Hi there. Hello, Andy. Another quiz for you this week. You've got another quiz for us. Excellent. We can bring back the fantastic quiz music that I managed to dredge out of a bottom drawer. And then, um, and then Tamsin, special guest, joining us for the first time this week. Good evening. Good evening. There you go. And um, Mr. Webb, you're, you've got no video and you're dialing in from your usual, God knows where it is, zombie infested high rise hell. Yeah, absolutely. I could turn on the video, but it's just uh, trying to sort everything out. There we go. Oh, that's good. We're, we're happy with just your voice. Not being able to see uh, you is a bit that's of a easier. Okay, <laughs> always always a benefit there <laughs> always a benefit and mr lee rain mayab good day simon good day how's it going good i can see you're still in your kitchen studio as usual <laughs> which is it and then it's dave my, my office dave, you're painting and you're drinking beer yet again i'm drinking and painting beer as well yes he, now the important is, question is consistent <laughs> now the important question what's the beer name we have a heaven stefana oh did I just see you, um, again, this is kind of a video thing that isn't marvellous for the radio, but did I see you just lick a brush and then have some beer? Yeah. Is, is that a great, <laughs> marvellous, is that a great thing for thinning the paint or something like that? Especially when you're using the purple paint. Purple paint. Okay, all right. So beer's good. Well, I've got, I think it's we're still working on the... Still taste differently. Well, I think well, I'm well. still working on the, um, the same um, beer by post malarkey. Um, so I've actually got Tiny Rebel. I think you talked about how good that was last week. So I've got the, the Tiny Rebel Dutty Vermont Session um, at 4.2. And, and in a bit of great planning, in case we chunter on, um, I've got a second can of unfiltered Dirty Pilsner, which goes up to a rather, um, rather wife-bashing 6.5. <laughs> um, so, so it's probably best to have that one second rather than um, rather than early on in, in the podcast. So should we just kind of go around the, the circuit and see if anybody's actually managed to get anything painted this week? That's the usual starting point. Um, Andy, do you want to um, kick us off? Uh, yes, I've been painting some War and Empire Vikings. Don't know if you can see them. They, um, they look like 
tiny toy soldiers uh, a low resolution through a actually not too bad a video camera there did did you have your another shields debacle this time or did you find that the transfer no 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 because I, I remember i bought these um shield patterns the unfortunate thing is even though they're the ones made specially for it by um little uh, big man studios they're actually slightly smaller than the shield so when you put the transfers on it doesn't cover the whole of the shield um front so you still have to paint around the edges which is a little bit tedious yeah sorry sometimes with those lbms ones it's um it's better to paint around the edges otherwise if they go right to the edge of the shield it's a bit trickier i'm not sure i've, I've seen too many that go right to the edges i don't know about anyone. there was definitely a quite a gap in in a number of them i'd say they could have done with being about 10 percent bigger oh okay all right yeah. unusual and um and and so, okay, so that's that's you. Anything else this week that's got got on the list, or has it been full full scale Vikings? Uh, full scale Vikings. I mean, th those are mainly spearmen. So I'm uh, the way the pack is uh, manufactured by them. It's got about twenty spearmen and about four or five swordsmen. So thinking I was going to do a Viking rather than a laydang army, I've decided they're going to be kind of second rank, and I'll put the inverted commas swordsmen in the front rank. Now the Swordsman thing are mainly guys with axes, so I'm going to kind of mix and match them a bit. So I've got a couple of stands with one or two bowmen on them, and you know, mixed bits. But basically, if I've got a pile of spears in, there is there a spear unit, and if I've got a pile of axes and other stuff, there there a sword unit. Yeah, I, I must admit. Now I've you know, as our usual old tedious old chit chat about um, MDF basing and and the migration to that. One of my if we are still here in in a year. Um, kind of nightmare lockdown scenarios is is my um, Russ army that I'm thinking is all based on kind of cardboard and well card thick card and, and stuff and it's just thinking it'd be quite nice to to mix that all up and replace it with proper neat tidy MDF bases and then mm. all of the the bowmen and, and siloy from that I could all mix in and make a a much more dedicated Viking army and a dedicated Russ army because it's just an enormous amount of mixed spearmen who could be Vikings or Russ at the moment but but my God, we have to be here a, a damn long time before I ever got round to doing something <laughs> like that. Give it time. Give, yes. it time. Yeah. Give it time. That's true. Right. So Tamsin, what, what's been, because you're um, you know, looking at your blog, um, you're kind of a, a painting machine when, you know, when, when it kind yeah. of gets off and running. Um, well, I've, been, I've eased off on painting the last couple of weeks. Thanks. December to March, I was taking part in a three month painting challenge. All right, okay. And that just finished. I that finished about two weeks ago, so I've been taking it easy. Took a few days not painting. Painted 10 Waffen SS for a friend who's doing, I, who was meant to be doing a Schloss Itter okay. game at Salute this year. Right, and what scale were they? Um, 28. 28, uh, okay. 28 mil for Warlord Plastics. Yeah. Um, po I finished them, got them posted last week, and they've arrived with him, so that was fine. Okay, that's really And I've started on a project which I, I've been, I had the figures ready about a year and a half ago, but never got around to them. And that's 28 millimeter Wars of Roses Army for wow. ADL. And is, is that Perry Plastics as well? Or? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. And I've got the first 54, started with the men at arms. So I've got 
54 figures painted onto the base, it's done most of the basing, just needs to do the flocking and tufting. Painted another 12, 12 figures, but I think were extras to go in with the uh, with billmen, archers, and spearmen. Well, just all a mix of those back rank kind of pointy blokes. Yeah, and uh, just started on first set of longbow archers, so got twenty four on on the workbench at the moment. My God, so so this has been a, a crappy week for you and you've laid off the painting competition where you really go for it and you've done about oh, 80, 28 mil figures, really. Probably finish from start to, start to finish because I'm adding 58, 12 it's, and some long bones. It's a bit over a week since I started the, since I started on the minute arms, but yeah. <laughs> and did you do, um, you know, with the, um, the 28 mil Germans, was that proper full oak leaf or, or were they luckily um, in not quite such bad, bad to paint camo? It wasn't oak leaf. It was the uh, um, probably what was it? is it zelt uh, barn or something? So actually, it was just not like I'm going to make some shit up. It was like real camouflage. Yeah, as close as I as close as I could could get it. Oh my god! Wow. Okay, but we'll have to dig out some pictures of that. Find a way to to post them up. That's pretty there good. Are, yeah, there are some pictures on, on my blog of them. Okay. Oh, cool. And that blog is. Wargaminggirl.blogspot.com. Cool, excellent. That's cool. We got we got we got to promote stuff here. I'll I'll put I'll try and put that in the um a link to that on the Podbean page. So this means war. So Peter, you know that's um that's set the bar. Um. How how woefully inadequate have you been relative to, um, to that ridiculous well, um, ridiculous benchmark? I've managed to paint a whole company of fifty mil flames of war um, uh, German paratroopers. So, oh, he's gone for the full smock camo and in tinier scale. Absolutely, and uh, I've even mixed them up to be. Uh, I was aiming for sort of like uh, mid to late Italian. So you've even got a mixture of uh, you know. Late camo splinter, and even a couple of guys still wearing their uh, stuff from the north, uh, from the desert, plus a couple of blues and stuff. So it's all well and truly mixed up, all nicely set up, ready for a couple of companies of uh, false camujaga. Wow! So, so when you say there's that mix of camouflage, is that a mix of camouflage that that anybody can actually see, or is that just like wish list in your mind, really? Um, I'm sure you it's can real. see it. I can it's, see it. Uh, it's real. It's real. I can see it. <laughs> okay, that's good. Okay. No, um, we'll we'll believe you. Thousands wouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I posted a picture, so it's uh, it, it's there. It's looking all right. It's okay. Um, it's um, we're looking at uh, some of the pictures. I've been um, watching some of the TV with the world. Uh, was it World War Two in color? Um, uh, with the Italian campaign, you can actually see some of the paratroopers at Monte Cassino and so the mixture of the gear they were wearing. So I was aiming for that sort of look. Oh wow! Is that a DVD or, or is it? Is it a DVD on, or has it been on TV? It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. PBS um, as well. Does it playing in sequence on PBS or? Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. On oh a, my god! It's on repeat all the time on TV. Yeah. On, uh, on PBS. Yeah. So um, 
So were you like pausing and, and taking screenshots, Peter, to do that? Uh, yes, I did that. Plus um, the old uh, access to a few uh, old books I had with the, you know, the, the suitable you know sets up of camouflage and everything else. It's it's one of those projects that's been on the back burner for about three years. Mm-hmm. So it's been sat there with uh, you know the right information, even the right paints and colours and everything else. I just uh, just haven't got around to it. So I finished those off at the weekend. Uh, I had today off, so I've started on some uh, Norman Knights um, from, uh, I had the uh, War and uh, the same Kickstarter everybody else did. So I've got the Norman Knights to do, so I'm following on behind Andy with that. I'm feeling that I'm missing out by not really having that many of those figures. It, it just seems such a regular topic of conversation, but I'm, yeah. but I'm doing some different stuff. I, I made a little bit of a mistake. I um, mm-hmm. fixed up the horses <laughs> and I've... Uh, sprayed them undercoated white then i uh, i thought with the knights i'd be able to uh, do a quick cheat undercoat of uh, metal only uh, i pulled out the wrong can and now i've got a load of golden knights so <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> no that's good that's that's good i think um well, you, you've got two lads haven't you you know i was thinking if you've got eight-year-old girls that might be kind of a good thing but um but maybe it's like a fantasy setting or something like that that could be a win yeah, oh, oh here's an idea Okay. With a with a dark black blue wash, and then highlight highlight with with a silver or or steel. Dark black blue take wash. Off, that should take out take off the gold, quite quite well. Is that something that you've done yourself, then, Tamsin? <laughs> or is this a technique, or is this changed, a rescue? I have, I have changed gold goldish colours more towards silk, more towards sort of steel colours, like that. If it's fifteen mil, the wash will take. I the wash will take take most of the shine off the gold, and also in the recesses, it will black really it darken it. Really darken it. Yeah. Really darken oh, it. Fantastic. Where the gold showing, go over with a steel colour, steel or silver. Okay, oh, brilliant. Cause, I guess I go because I bought um, the the big box of of army painted different coloured um, washes because they had like a you know, they, they did a box of all the different color washes and that had like a blue tone and then all the sort of dark and, and, and mid and all the other browns and things like that. So, so it's, so the bluey black, would you actually mix two of those, two of those washes together to give you a bluey black? Or do you just think, or is there a kind of a specific wash that would jump? Uh, is that bluey bit important? I'd mix it. I probably want more black than blue in it. Yeah. I, blue will help, help giving it the, taking it more towards a sort of steel color. I've got those washers as well, funnily enough. So, uh, great. I'll uh, have a go and then uh, um, let you guys know. Thanks very much for that, Tamsin. I I have a feeling we're going to go around the screen here and you're going to um, um, add value to all those um, poor quality kind of slack (laughs) painters as we go. This is just going to be a sequence of shame and embarrassment, really, then. All right. um, Paint rescue. Yeah, (laughs) painting rescue. Yes. Yeah. Um, So, Simon, what, what... What's been um, fitting in in your working from home week? So I've managed now to paint up for my ancient British, Gallic, uh, German, French, whatever whatever yep. um, warband army. I've now done 14 chariots with the generals. They're all <laughs> um, based up or in the process of being based up. And I added an extra um, four or five bases of um, warband for the, for the same army. So, because, you know, if you need more warband, you know, what's one more one more warband between friends? So um, 
think I can now do about 13 bases of war, uh, war band in different combinations. Mm. Um, and then I've got all the chariots. I was meant to have done all the, the decals. I bought some of the uh, Vieni Vieni Vinci decals. Chose the right ones, got the right, uh, the right designs for it. Ordered them in 25 mil, didn't I? Oh! <laughs> right, Tamsin, have you got a solution for that involving clever washes? 25 mil things on 15 mil shields. Uh, I think that's probably beyond even you. Simon, oh. are they shrink to fit? <laughs> S Simon, you just know it's an excuse that you want to be able to then get the 25 mils as well now. Well, that was the thought of like, right. at Absolutely. some point, because you know, you're going to need some warband in 25 mils. So, you know, they won't get a waste and, you know, Manchester yeah. militia need the money anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. no, so that's, 15 that's mils. a good one. I'd, I'd buy into that 25 mil army straight away, really, because now you've spent, what, five, six pounds on the, the transfers. You could... Yeah. Spending another eighteen hundred on figures is is nothing, is it? Really? Oh yeah, it's definitely not. No, and those those Victrix chariots are fantastic as well. So basically, Tim, you're saying the uh, fixes are a sort of gateway drug for wargaming. I think yeah, and and I think we you know we could get into a deep psychological question about when Simon's you know finger was hovering over the mouse button, whether deep down he really did know they were twenty five mil, <laughs> and there's a conversation with Mrs. Simon going. Well, look, I, I bought I bought the um, transfers. It's like it's only just buying the figures. They're only plastic, you know. I, I just don't want them to go to waste. I, I don't want them to go to waste. Yeah, because you want to be environmentally friendly. You don't want waste product and anything like that. So yeah, you know, we're all, we're all recycling um, and, and eating all sorts of obscure food that's in the cupboard and in the thing. As we we're all too scared to go out at the moment. So yeah, no, I think I think that's a very very good thing. So, so Dave, you're you're still, of course, literally painting as we as we speak, literally uh, licking the brush. The Scythians are almost finished. Mm. Gloss the last of the cavalry in the uh, Thracians. The Thracians as well. Mm. Yeah, with the Thracian sub command, a bit like your planes, uh, Thracian command. Paeonian command, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a that that army's kind of finished and all ready to play. <laughs> yeah, because I did you see I whacked some of those photos up on on Mad Axman at middle of the week. That's very good they looked. Yeah. Yeah, they look great. They're really good. Uh, so now, Simon bought me a load of Eureka Samurai in Australia. Oh, good deal. I was there. It'd be rude not to leverage, you know, flying out to bring back some uh, free minutes, some miniatures. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had sixty Australian dollars left over from. The noughties, I think. From the noughties? <laughs> was, was the currency still valid or had they not updated no, it? No, because it's plastic, isn't it? Oh, right. It never dies. No, it's, it's, you know, Australians have only just recently gone to the dollar and then you know, got electricity, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now I'm faced with the um, predicament of how to paint samurai. Oh, God, that's, yeah, because I, I struggled with that for kind of 20 years and then the re decided the way to paint them was to get some other bugger to do it. Um, which was the, the only army I've ever had professionally painted because uh, it was just just too intimidating for me. Absolutely stunning army though, Tim. I remember I uh, thought it written a few years ago and you did that kind of beautiful wall thing as, as a obstacle. Yeah, no, I, I, I made some kind of cobble um, to get a terrain to go with it. But. How successful has that army been in the competitions? Well, I think in the early rounds it tends to do quite well. Um, it gets rolled. 
and then it gets rolled. <laughs> but you know, in terms of looking cool, it's there. And then, um, so Dave, did Simon give you some of the um, the magic um, dragons and and whatever they're called? Um, Oni. Oni, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got some of those as well. But I've started on the first two kind of bases, but I, 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 I by the time I've finished painting the army, I'll know how to paint Samurai. It's going to be one of those. Right, and so how, um, are you going white undercoat or black undercoat? Uh, they've been black undercoated. And I, I think I'm going colourful. I think that's important. Something just said that the later, later ones were predominantly black and blackened armour. Right, so Tamsin, look, you're, you're, you're going to weigh in here and tell us something astounding. Go on. <laughs> Um, not really. I, I've already had a discussion with, with David. <laughs> oh, but that was offline. Have you, um, have you, I guess what, have you posted, painted two or three samurai armies in the last year or something like that in your, your relentless um, painting machine kind of approach? I haven't painted samurai. Full stop. Full stop. Okay. So I will what, do at some point. You're uh, psyching yourself. That's opposition oh for my... Chosun Koreans, my yeah. Ming Chinese. <laughs> yeah. So if you've been planning it, you must have been thinking about it. So is there some some Tamsin samurai painting strategy tip thing going on there? Or, or have you just not even got around to, to thinking about it yet? I haven't even bought figures yet, so... But you, you must have thought something about... If you've had a chat with Dave about painting and colours and the like. Uh, it's, I mean, from looking at, at the artwork, knowledge of the armour and so on, most of, most of the samurai armour in sort of the later period, 16th century, so throughout most of the, oh, what? So the real tail end of so the Im, period. So the Imjin War. Yeah, uh, sort of the, Shogun era? Yeah, so Shogun era and the Sengoku, Sengoku Jedi. I can't remember how it's pronounced. Well, look, that's good enough for us. None of us are experts. Where, it's good. where it was all the wars, so Odin and Benaga, hmm. Benaga and uh, all so of those. Waving, um, very most of the armour in the later period was black was black lacquered. Okay. Apart from, I think it was the Takeda clan who wore red, sort of reddish lacquered okay. armour. Even, even on that, I, I don't know, I don't, without seeing figures, not knowing how much detail they've got on them, if they've got the sort of the, the lacing between the I've escaped the lamp the scales, yeah. Those could be painted at I quite colourfully. Okay. And so, then you'll also you'll also have bit bits of cloth showing, particularly mm. arms, legs. So it's so basically that, that can be so colourful. It's go with kind of gloss, you know, matte black armour, then put a gloss coat on it to give you the yeah. what's it or um yeah. and of course oh, you've got oh, you've got the back banners and so on, which can mm. be quite can be done color mm. to bring in the color. Okay, so you have you got have you kind of started with us, Dave? Have you started with a strategy then and taking all that on board, or are you just diving in, giving it a go, and, and seeing if it works? I've just, I mean, I've just sort of started off with experimental 12 figures, sort of two lots of bowmen. So, I, what I've done is painted uh, three or four of them with red, red lacquered armor, yeah, and then I've actually started painting in the uh. Because I'm being mad, I'm painting in the laces. Oh, on fifteens. Figures, yeah. Wow, that's hard. That's hard work. Yeah, I'll show you that. But, uh, that's just asking. Dave, that's, 
you know, even even on any sort of video screen, that's not working. That yeah. I think that needs a photo and a and a share offline. I think that's going to be a struggle. Not so many black banners as well, which are... yeah. I, I can see why you've got the magnifying glass put in the laces. <laughs> now that's just crazy. I know. Well, it's an experiment to see if I can do it. Yeah. Are you going to start stringing up the bows as well? <laughs> uh, well, these bows are so huge, you could never know if they could be strung. Yeah. God. Uh, wow. I mean, like, you could do it with uh, Bostic glue. You must have yeah. that one. When I, was, just... I, when, I was, when I was a kid, we did First World War Fighters. Mm. You got Bostic glue to put the um, wiring in on the First World War Fighters. You pulled the Bostic glue as a string of glue. Yeah. Cross, and you could actually do the um, wiring on the planes. Oh, doesn't it go saggy well, though? Um, you really before do that it dries. But actually, that would make them a little bit twangy. Then you could fire tiny little arrows. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. yeah. Well, maybe that's a step too far. That's a level of detail too much. It might be, yeah. That's the question. Yeah. And I, I, I think Dave's up for the challenge. Come on. Wait, wait, yeah, I want to see some Bostic glue. Bostic strong bows. <laughs> yeah. Not some Bostic glue, because yeah. Damien told me it's the best thing for sticking his... Um, sticking his... Um, his his uh, flags together. It says you can slide the flags if you use Bostic glue. Yeah, actually a bit until they dry, can't you? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because I've always had the problem the glue sticks too quickly. Mm. You know, Bostic glue. That's yeah. Okay. No, I, well, from my point of view, I've I've had kind of a sort of eclectic um, week in terms of painting. I've I've just been systematically in the background of doing everything else. Um, this huge pack of 24, 25 sheets of Magna Base arrived. Oh um, wow! Which, That's um, a bit of weight. A four, yeah, from um, this electrical supply wholesalers that I I always use and, and buy them far more frequently than I think I should really be getting through twenty five sheets, and. Um, I've just been cutting it into strips, sort of 40 mil wide strips and and gluing two bits of um, MDF because it is self-adhesive, but it's not actually sticky enough to really, really glue. So I just put a little bit of white glue on, on the bottom of the MDF, stick it either side of a, a 40 mil wide strip that's sort of whatever A4 is, th 300 mil long. Um, wait for that to stack them all up, wait for them to dry, which is about an hour or so, and then get them out, cut them off, and then stick another one on uh, as you kind of get towards the middle with with those strips so it just means i've just systematically been every couple of hours or so i've been cutting up another dozen dozen plus mdf bases that i've now got magna base on so i think I, there's I a just, possibility that i kind of work through my whole mdf pile and end up with them all being magna based mm. uh, by the end of it yeah I, I found life was too short for that i just went and bought the uh, bases already on Magnum Ace already on. Come on, tell your tiny tin troops. Tiny troops, yeah. No, there's that old wargaming tightness that um, <laughs> that kind of still runs through yeah. me. I feel merrily obliged to. There's, yeah, there's I, some things I'll pay for, but not quite. I'd like rather well. rather rather pay the extra twenty. Uh, sorry, save the twenty p on on yeah. the bases. Yeah. It's been four hours. <laughs> yeah, and then I've got then then I've actually had a real good go at um, my my Assyrians that were supposed to be ready for roll call because I think that was that should have been last weekend. And these 28 mil Assyrians from, um, I think it's from New Line, mm. um, they're 28 mil range. So I finished the basing and I, I did the grass, the static grass yesterday on, on Sunday. Um, and so once the basing's done, the sand and the gravel and the wood stain and, and, and the dry brushing, suddenly they, they are just so much more closer to being finished. Now I've still got a load of single figures which need to be put into units, but I've now 
got pretty much all the army that I would have used on bases and ready. And I, I just need to go through and do some washes on, on the figures and, and tidy up the last little bits that I've, I've not done. Um, I've been, been doing a few more of these 10 mil strip figures from um, Napoleonics from, um, from Old Glory as well, um, which will be for my supposed, there it goes, from my supposed um, Napoleonic French army. Oh, there, there you go. They're half done and, and they'll look quite cool. Hopefully, I, I found a, a packet of Arab javelin men um, from oh, what's the Italian manufacturer? Um, what's his name? Millington. No, not Millington. The um, Legio Heroica, yeah. And and I picked some up in a, what, a sort of a teeny tiny bring and buy at the competition in Provence um, before Christmas that I went to, and um. And they've been sat there in a bag. So as I was doing the drilling of the hands using the Dremel, hey. I actually used the Dremel after talking about last week. I um, I drilled out some spear hands in some of the crew on the chariots in, in the Assyrians. So so my I don't want to really remember how much it cost Dremel. Um, this week has been in action because it's drilled out eight holes. <laughs> eight which probably works out at like 40 quid each or something, um, whatever it is. But I I found these um, little Lee Joe Heroica Arab um, javelin men that have been sat in a bag meaning to be done. And while I was gluing or or epoxy, two-part epoxy gluing some of the spears in, I stuck the shields on on these little Arab guys as well, which are lovely little, well, all all those Lee Joe Heroicas are lovely little figures. So they've got nice little metal javelins with a point on, They've got sort of a range of rounds and, and kite shields. And I nearly had a, a sort of panic with the, the two-part epoxy, which I use for shields and stuff like that, anything that's absolutely got to stay on. Ideally, um, there's an Aral Diet two-part epoxy metal, um, liquid metal thing that, has, that is absolutely rock solid. It like becomes part of the figure. But I, I bought the wrong one, so I ended up with just normal two-part Aral Diet. And... And it took ages and ages to dry. And I thought I'd kind of got the mixing wrong. But but leaving them overnight, they'd actually set solid. Um, I guess I'm just used to glue drying drying a lot more. So so they're now ready. But I've got that kind of problem. I like to do a lot of the undercoating with spray and, and do it out in the garden. But but I'm not sure I'm going to get the spray can out to do 10 figures. Um, so then I'm, I'm kind of stuck between finishing one army, that's the Assyrians, um, doing more on the Napoleonic 10 mil, which, which is just a real, real production line thing, um, or starting something brand new, which is currently 10 things. So I probably need a few, another few hundred to, to justify the white paint. And then of course, there's another project, which I just realized while I was doing all the Magna base, I bought, um, I'm trying to think even where I bought it. I think it was down in Plymouth from Colonel Bills in their second hand box. I had a bag of 10 mil, those main force miniatures, the lying down ultra modern stuff, um, oh, yep. where the figures are actually from from Manchester Militant, they're all on a little strip and they're all lying down. So, so sorry, not ten mil, six mil. Six mil. So six mil figures normally just get crushed, and and they all look like little stick men with with sticks. But these lying down ones are on a kind of um, on a on a single base. So there's sort of four prone guys, and and you know you can pick them up and throw them around really, and, and you get some with with heavy weapons and stuff like that. And, and so I'm just going to actually, I can do those. I can stick magna base underneath them, leaving the main force base. And I can actually probably spray them 
you know, like a beigey colour or something real pale, or a sort of skeleton bone, that sort of that sort of type of colour, and possibly do these Arabs at the same time. And um, and once you've done the all these prone guys sprayed, they're pretty much done. You just need to pick out the guns and and do a little bit of different colour and stuff on the basic, and you've just got this instant any generic Middle East force um, six mil infantry set with with heavy and support weapons and stuff like that. That can that can go along. So, so there's that. Um, so I've done all sorts of odds and sods really, and it's not been particularly consistent. But but at least I've got the Assyrians now within touching distance of of being a proper army. So so with a bit of luck, they may be appearing on a website near you by the end of the Easter holiday. I suspect. were you talking about um you've still got later on in um in the podcast we've got andy's quiz the answers from last time the the very slightly weird music and then hopefully a new set of questions as well um and then the other thing we you were talking about with tamsin and um tamsin's blog has this very frequent mention of this sort of secret underground group of of posties rejects who appear to to meet up and do all sorts of stuff um wargamey around the country yeah. Um, and, and reading it, you know, there's all your painting on there, which is great. But I've kind of long been fascinated by, you know, whatever the backstory is between Posties rejects. And I've just kind of got visions of a group of a random group of postmen in, in North London somewhere who, who all happen to be interested in wargaming. But I imagine it's it's can't be that simple. Can it? <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. OK, uh, Posties rejects. I encountered, I'm only an honorary member. Ah. I got invited to join them for a, ga- a game and I've since been invited back a few times. Uh, started off, I, I encountered it, I threw a couple of, uh, a couple of sort of blogging friends. Okay. I, Ray Roussel and Francis Lee. And they're down a grave, I sort of, but this is when they were down in, all, all down in Gravesend. Because okay. Ray lives next door to Posty. Okay, Posty, okay. Uh, who has a large war, large war gaming, gaming shed, large shed. shed set up, sort of gaming shed. Okay. His tables, I think it can take uh, 12 or 14 foot by can go up to about six foot wide. Wow. Okay, so that's like proper, proper wargaming shed. Don't have much space between the table and the walls. When yeah, who, ca- who cares? Wide, who cares? That's all good if you've got 14 by six. Yeah. And sort of uh, sort of rejects, screw, mostly based around Gravesend, sort of Gravesend area. Few, few from further afield. I mean, there's one, one guy who's based up in Dartford. Okay. And is, is Posty a postman? I believe he was. Oh. <laughs> he's he's Ill, Ill, health, Ill health retired. Oh, okay. But it's lost in the mist of time. Lost in the mist of time. No yeah. one's ever asked. You, you're war gamers. You just ask each other about what you're painting, what game you played. You know nothing about anybody's history. That's the way it works. Yeah. Good. Same as all the rest of us. Yeah. And sort of rejects, fake... I, they quite often put on games at sort of local shows. Yeah. 
down to Kent. So you've got Broadside at, in Sittingbourne, Skirmish at Sid Cup. Sid Cup, yeah. Um, uh, what's one at Tunbridge? Yeah, there wasn't. Yeah, it's, yeah, Excalibur? There's something in Tunbridge. The one in Tunbridge, yeah. The one yeah. in Tunbridge, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so they, they do that and sort of they get together every so often for games and posters shed. Okay. And they've actually got like a logo and a brand identity and yeah, it's like the real thing. They turn up to shows wearing logo, logo t-shirt. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now that's good. That's got like a virtual, and are you meeting up virtually now or, or is, um, has, has the technology not quite got to that stage yet? Uh, I haven't gamed with them virtually. I, no, not, I don't think, I think gaming we're, we're all still, I'm not sure any of us are quite desperate enough to, to try gaming just yet. We can just do the chit chat and a bit of painting and, and imagine that, that the curve is fattening. As long as none of you bastards listening to this ever go out, which you won't do because you've got painting to do. Um, so good on you. But I think, you know, as long as the curve's flattening, I think we're all hoping that, that we get back out before we have to try and resort to, to pushing stuff around and, and shouting at each other over the internet. Yeah, I've, I've resorted to uh, playing some more online games. Uh, latest one, Mountain Blade 2, where you get to set up your whole sort of war uh, banner, war party, everything else. So that's just come out a week ago. It's sort of medieval, money okay. round. Uh, Is that one of these free, freeware sort of games that you, you pay no, for? No, not this stuff? one. Oh. <laughs> no, th this is a, a proper license. Okay. So yeah, is that good. historically medieval or fantasy medieval? Um, it's sort of like, think of historically, but someone's changed the names on a whole bunch of things so they don't have to uh, worry about people getting upset about the map and stuff like that. Uh, so right. you, you've got one group that is like steppe Mongols, you've got um, another group are sort of Arab, another one is Bretonian, another one which is ex-Empire, which is sort of Byzantium-ish. Okay. Um, and... Um, you know, you do trade and uh, build up your warband and different skills and all that sort of fun stuff. So I, I always remember um, being a being a, a Fulham fan. Um, there's in foot, um, football games on the PlayStation. There's um, there's Pro Evo. Is it Pro Evo Soccer? And then there's um, the FIFA official one. So yeah. they're both. I think generally the Pro Evo is, or for a long time, was thought to be the, the technically the better game, but they didn't have the license rights for um, the actual teams, most of the actual teams. So um, they basically had exactly the same teams, but with, with different names. So Fulham was um, the West London Whites, which is a bit of a giveaway. And um, for one time, and this is going back way back, um, back when, um, we used to have a, a Japanese player called Jonamichi Inamoto. And he literally was kind of the Japanese David Beckham um, at the time. And you always say that about foreign players, you know, they're, they're the most famous person. But, but he really was to, um, um, to the extent that um, one time, again, a long time ago, I was in Japan, walking around a shopping centre and I saw a sports shop and um, they were playing two videos in there. And I think one was, I don't know, um, Real Madrid winning the European Cup on a loop. And the other one was Fulham winning the Intertoto Cup. 
uh, 15 <laughs> years ago. Um, and that was on a constant loop because this guy had scored a goal in it. But, but sorry, going back to the, the bit, Fulham were the West London Whites, but even the player names had to be something different. So um, someone obviously had a bit of fun with this. So instead of Joanna Michi Inamoto, um, he was listed on the roster as I was shitter. Um, which is a little bit unfair, but um, but that's back in the day. But um, so so rebranding. So is this game, um, you know, a is it about battles or is it kind of an empire building? Um, it starts off about battles and then stays very much on battles, but your units get larger. So you okay. start off with about six to twelve, and then all of a sudden you've got fifty. And next thing, hopefully. Uh, in a week or so's time, I'll have an army, um, okay. and then you start conquering areas and stuff. So I get, it starts this, off with trade. Online? Could we? Could we play uh, it's with on this? Steam? Oh, it's on Steam. But is it an yeah. online game or a single player game? Uh, there's a single player is. campaign. I think they do a multiplayer. It's in sort of uh, early access at the moment. Okay. So, so um, is, it, is it fundamentally the same? Is it, is it a better battle engine than than the Rome Total War stuff? That was a bit kind of pull them up together and chase it. Um, yeah, the Rune Total War one, they, they sort of like over-egged on the battle engine, I think. It's sort of like, um, as soon as you get so many troops on it, everything goes to a crawl. Yeah. I haven't gone up to the larger scale battle, battles yet, okay. because this is more sort of medieval build-out a warband as opposed to recruit a unit. Okay. Uh, you can also progress your troops along a path as well. So um, it's, it's an interesting mixture. Right, okay. And um, and what about because I've seen you've I think you've connected to me on World of Tanks, um, but I've I've had a couple of drive arounds with that to try and remember how, how long ago it was since I played. Yes, uh, that's suitably amusing as well. Uh, charging around on there, re- remembering all the things to do and the places to hide, because yeah. uh, people get used to certain maps and certain little tricks and everything else where they've got their tanks. And uh, I just remember I hate light tanks. <laughs> and that's what we're back down at because it's so long since I played I think the maps have all changed potentially so I'm yeah. it's just a world of discovery for me um, at the moment yeah it's uh, certainly amusing you know remembering all the different tanks and what plays well and how do you do yeah. it and everything else it's you know the usual rock paper scissors stuff yeah no, definitely, definitely. this means war Kind of had provisionally on the list um, the idea of talking ab- about how many different things are in your collection, but I think with with fifty minutes gone, um, we may not be uh, maybe not quite have time to fit that in. Uh, it's one of those things I did a few years ago to try and look at insurance and um, and try and class it as a collection because it falls in that sort of weird thing from a household insurance that it's not really portable. It's it's physically impossible for someone to to walk away with um well for me it's like four or five busily filing cabinets of 15 <laughs> drawers as as the default storage option but i guess there's you know there's the risk of it being lost in a fire or or accidents or, or whatever um and i know actually i think about floods or, or, or all these different things and and once you do actually start to work it down it, it, it does actually add up but then it's difficult sometimes finding insurance to class it as a collection because they're it's generally sort of geared around small amounts of jewellery that could be locked away. There is a specialist company, isn't there? Is there? Okay. Yeah, I've, I've seen them uh, a couple of shows. I can't remember what, what okay. the company's name is, but they've been at 
They've been at Salutes. I think right. they've been at Selwick. That's that's probably worth googling then, because I, I guess like, you know, trying to bolt it into War Games um, Collection Calculator dot com. That's one. Okay, so because all right, so you you put your stuff into it, it works out, and then they sell you insurance. Yeah, which is not a bad result actually, because it's it can quite easily start to break a normal insurance policy. But the question is, do we want to have proof of what we've spent? on our toys around <laughs> a physical copy. Yeah, that's true, actually. Uh, right, no. You actually yeah. want to I, I still like to tell the story about the first time we went to campaign. Um, my wife came with me, mm. and I bought an army in the bring and buy, you know, eighth box of medieval loops. And I basically, uh, I basically paid the guy 140 quid cash for them. Yeah. And so I came back from a campaign 600 figures which i bought and my wife came back with more money spent on shopping than i did no actually i, I that, that bring and buy it campaign um i've picked up some decent stuff from that before as well all my um 28 mil sort of vikings and and dark age hairy foot were a were a bring and buy sale i think it's a lot of old glory stuff um from from this very hard to find range on um on their certainly on the UK website. I think it's um, it's like some Dark Age Scots and it's got a, a really odd name um, on the actual website. I, I, it's like the name of a campaign or something, so you sort of miss it. But but basically, they're Vikings or you know Dark Age Speary blokes that just are a little bit more shaggy um, <laughs> than the other ones. And, and you paint up the shields okay because they've got the the old glory detachable standard Viking shield with, with divided into kind of five or six segments that paints up quite Vikingy, um, most of them. So it's, it's worked out quite well, but I think that was like a, a 90 quid purchase where um, I had to kind of rush to a cash point and, and grab it for sort of probably the thick end of 200 quids worth of figures. So that was, I wonder if, yeah, maybe there's, um, well, I was going to say, is there a virtual bring by, but I guess that is eBay really, isn't it? That's, that's, not, that's not even really a question. Okay, all right. So I think at this stage, then Andy, I think um, it's probably time for, and then we'll do a little pause here, so I can patch in the music much more easily later. It's time for the quiz. Right. So Andy, last week. You gave us three beardy American Civil War blokes with hats who look quite stern in pictures, probably from a 45 degree angle. Um, and, and remind us again, what were the questions? And then, um, then after that, tell us what the answers are. Okay, well, I'll give you the questions. Let's see if any of you guys know the answers. The first question was, these are all quotes attributed to Abraham Lincoln about different generals. And the first quote was, this man fights. Find out what whiskey he drinks and send some to all my generals. Yes, Grant. Correct. It was Grant. The two, second, two, out, two out of five got that. Yeah. The second question was, the second quote attributed to him was about a general who sent his reports, quotes from headquarters in the saddle, quotes. And the quip attributed to Lincoln, although it might have been the rest of his army, was... Why does this guy have his headquarters where other generals have their hindquarters? 
Isn't that uh, the one that did the Race of the Sea? Sherman, would it be? Um, mm, Sherman. No, Sherman was quite good though, wasn't he? I don't think Sherman was an idiot. Um, well, he's quite effective. I don't think he was saying he's an idiot. But <laughs> no, I think Lincoln was thinking he might be. But No, his name was John Pope and he was commander in 1862. In the that's not, not the same John Pope who plays at Central London occasionally, is it? He's, he's aged remarkably well, if it is. He has aged remarkably well, yeah. <laughs> That'd be great if it was the same guy. He, he actually hasn't... He hasn't much. John hasn't got a beard, so it can't be him. That'd be ridiculous. He yeah. might shave it off, you know, because it'd probably no, gone grey by now. No, honestly, if any of us could have one of those American Civil War beards, you'd be keeping it, wouldn't you? You know, they'd come right back into fashion. There's a whole craft beer thing. It's all good. Yeah, but you'd have to move to Hoxton. Yes, you would have to move to Hoxton. Things to grow in the lockdown, you know? In fact, that's a possibility. Do you think there's there's any kind of, you know, immortal American Civil War generals living in Hoxton? Right. No, sorry, we digress. So, Andy, final question then. Final question was, the final quote was, this is not the Army of the Potomac. This is General X's bodyguard. McClellan. So is General X. McClellan. It's got to be McClellan. I'd say McClellan. It sounds like McClellan. Right. Yeah. I don't even the know Ar- why. but And the reason is because he was sitting on his arse after the Battle of um, Antietam instead of chasing after the uh, rebels. But Antietam was quite hard work, though, wasn't it? You, you could probably... Well, it, was the, it was the bloodiest day in American military history. Yeah. So you, um, you probably deserve, you know... You know, sit back, maybe an ice cream, something like that. You know, well, we're talking about two weeks later, not the following day. Oh, okay. All right. Two weeks later, maybe. Yeah, that, that's starting to push it. Okay. So, so we've had some American Civil War questions, and then now it's time for Andy's new questions. Go. Right, the, the theme this week is, ooh, I think it's my leg. And there are three <laughs> questions about Napoleonic generals who suffered leg injuries. And the first question is, um, at General Latour Mauberg, a French general, lost his leg. Could you say that again with a bit more French accent? General Latour Mauberg. Oh, I'm, I'm there. I'm transported to the battlefields of Europe. Go on. Lost his leg and he said to his servant, what are you crying for, you fool? From now on, you only have to clean one of my boots. Oh. <laughs> now, and, is this just funny or is there a question at the end of this? There is a question, right? Okay, go on. Go on. Well, which boot went? <laughs> well, that's 50-50. No? And which battle did this take place? Was it Landsberg, Leipzig or Lutzen? Okay, that's, we, the, first okay, that's the first question. Right? I decided to make my quizzes kind of multiple choice. At least you've got a chance of getting it, even if you've never heard of the... Well, I, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll see if there's any feedback at all from any okay. of the people who listen to this to see whether they go, right. no, Andy, we want this more difficult. But no, let's go, right. multiple Second choice. The question was, at which battle did Napoleon say to Marshal Ney, you're covered in blood, to which Ney replied, none of it's mine except this bit where this bullet hit me on the knee. Again, was that Landsberg, Lutzen or Leipzig? Okay. All right. And the third question is, towards the end of the Battle of Waterloo, who said to the Duke of Wellington, by God, sir, I've lost my leg, to which Wellington replied, by God, sir, so you have. I think we all know that one. Uh, possibly. No, no, you're, you're overestimating Anapoleonica. 
No, that's three good questions, actually, Andy. And I, I like the alliterative multiple choice on the first two, particularly. So that's, um, that's excellent. Good. So we'll, we'll bring you those answers next week. So then, um, as we're kind of getting to the hour mark yet again, and um, starting to wrap up, has, um, has anybody got anything that they've got planned? Anybody for next week on the painting pile? Anything coming in or, or any burning wargaming topics that, that they've been following in, in the last week that they want to share? Um, go around again. Um, start with you, Andy. Top left for me. Well, there is something I'd like to share. I mean, this week, it's the Jewish Passover and the chief rabbi normally gives a broadcast to the nation about the Passover. Now, the Passover was basically the story of the exodus from Egypt in funnily enough, the book of Exodus, mm. where Pharaoh's army chased the Israelites into the Red Sea and then drowned. And the, mess the message I would derive from that is that if you send light chariots into difficult terrain, you get what you deserve. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. That, that's true in many, many rule sets and clearly has been for possibly at least 5,000 years. So that's, that's a very, very good one. And, um, you know, I think there's probably, um, well, I suppose, Imagine if, um, if Phil Barker had actually written the Old Testament, um, how complicated that actually might have been. Um, that's that's going <laughs> to be a theme for a competition. Uh, every <laughs> army has to contain at least six light chariots. That's, that's got to be one for the future, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can yeah. do it now. I can do it now. You can do it. He's on. <laughs> right, Tamsin, what, what's, what's in your painting parlor? What have you been you know, Well, I'll be continuing on with the uh, Wars of Roses. Okay, so, uh, so for the next few days, uh, it will be working on the longbowman, and then the billman, then the spearman. <laughs> You're saving the one or two units amounted till the very end. Yes. Yeah. It's those bloody horses and the straps. It's just such a pain in the ass, isn't it? It's always best to wait till the end. I don't know. I normally I start with the cavalry for an army. Okay. Uh, but I, but there's so few in this one. You've got to wade in with the billman. Yeah. Okay, so Peter, other than um, than applying a mix of blue and black ink to some gold-painted knights at high speed, sounds uh, like you might have already been doing knights. that. Yeah, yeah unblinging your knights. What, what's on the list for you this week? Well, uh, once I unbling them um, and provided we've got time, I've basically, because the War and Empire Kickstarter piece, I've got uh, basically all the dismounts. So I've been playing uh, in the medievals, either an Arab army or a and Norman Sicilian type army quite enjoyed them but um, it's what we learned from the worlds and a couple of other competitions is you've got to have the dismounts so I went ahead and got all the dismounts that I could ever want for all those armies so effectively the next competition I go to I'm going to be effectively doubling up uh, because it just gives you that extra flexibility when everyone goes into that mad elephant uh, mass so I've got to slowly work my way through there so that's one of the benefits of having a garden and being able to go out and uh, sort of spray uh, all the bases. Okay, all right. So, so the garden-free Mr. Mr. G'day Simon. No spraying for you, I'm guessing. Um, I've got a deluxe balcony, all one meter by one meter of it. So um, that's where I do my spraying. Um, but I mean, looking on, it's an army I don't need to do, but someone has a, a sail on. So. Um, <laughs> oh. 
Oh, God, who's that? Who's that? Should you tell us? Do you want to tell us? Have they got 28 mil uh, sort of like uh, uh, stickers on them? <laughs> well, it's not 28 mil warband. That'll be next time. Okay. No, um, but uh, Lancashire Games have, uh, they've got a sale on and they've picked up the um, Venexia range of miniatures. Yes, they have, haven't they? Yeah. And I'm looking at the Ottoman Turks for um, ADLG Renaissance. Okay. And they've got um, some nice heavy cavalry with barding and pistols, stuff like that. And they've got um, the Janissary heavy artillery with, um, you know, the Turks did, did these great Mega big guns. guns. Yeah, guns. so you, you need more artillery. Not that I don't have enough in uh, all my armies. They've got um, assorted Janissaries advancing with assorted thrusting weapons. Okay. Uh, oh, no, the sales stopped. No. What? No. They've gone up. They've gone up to three pounds ten for ten figures. I can't afford that. Oh, thirty p a figure. And those figures, because those figures are enormous, aren't they? The Venexia ones. I, I think yeah, they, they're, you struggle to mix them with anybody, really. But yeah, I haven't bought any of the Venexia ones, so I was thinking about doing that, but I won't be sales off. I'm saying that because it's sort of a folk memory, but but no, I'm pretty sure they're quite big. Um, it's probably worth checking online for some comparison pictures, but. But even so, so they were 30p a figure in the sale. Wow. No, they're, they're, no, they're 30p now. 30p so now. They're, oh. Yeah, so they're, they're um, a, a pack of Janissaries with bow, for example, 10 figures, £3.10. Uh, on sale, they were £2.64, I think it was. Wow, wait. So, so if I'd known about that, I could have got some better Janissaries than the, um, the, the substandard the ones that Dave managed to slough off on me. Um, when when he kept the really nice ones out of the old glory 15s pack okay so dave other other than other than finishing off stidians and and trying to learn how to paint samurai what's what's on your list this week uh well keeping going with the samurai but also i've got some yenisseries you've got some more yenisseries well um sean was selling his so i got his um kurasan ones wow which are Better than the old glory ones. And, and that's saying that you've got the best of the old glory ones and I've got the substandard ones and you've now yeah. got some more which it's are better really... than the ones you kept and offloaded the others on me. I, I You're so good about this. I any of the Yenisseries. I've never seen a good Yenissary figure, quite frankly. So, does the, so the Kurosan ones, do they meet, meet your... Um... Uh, they're okay. They're okay. Uh, I, 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 it's not what I see as a uh, Yenissary, but then I've got a historical thing they're okay they're good they're better than the others it's although actually to be fair unisseries is a funny one isn't it because i sort of feel they should be uniform but i also feel they should have a lot of individual personality because they were yeah. you know i, I can't really well, get my head around whether they should have been unique or slave soldiers or, or uniformed i think they more chain mail and i think they should be Horses. more armored with a hmm. with a but then it's just a, it's just a feeling i have but then you know, that's just an image thing I have of them. But I mean, that's 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 I mean, that's that's another army which I've got to do. But are, this week I'm going to be painting samurai. What? Um, I've just done these and I've just dry brushed on the onto the armor, onto the scale armor. It looks quite good actually. Okay. So basically, if you're painting 15 mil samurai, and this time next week on when we do our little video chat to record this podcast you'll be like boss-eyed and, and kind of grinding your teeth, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. true. I'll have probably done three bases. 
Okay. All right. Three bases of laces that you've picked out individually. That, yeah. That, that's yeah. The way. Well, I don't know. We try brushing them. They don't look too bad. Yeah. Certainly from my point of view, I, I just want to get this sort of army of Assyrians beaten and done and in the box. And I think I, I'm still in two minds whether I'm going to manage to finish all the the extra figures for the extra units, which aren't for the list that I was trying to put together for roll call. But I think certainly that if I can spray these main force infantry, that will be, that'll be like a project achieved, which will be sort of cheating because it's super quick. And then um, I do really have to knuckle down and, and start writing up the six battle reports from cold wars in, in the States that I went to before lockdown started, because there's all sorts of um, mad shenanigans to, to put into that. So they, that's some, um, there's a lot of animated gifs and the like that I, that I need to work into those reports so the the layout is kind of done um on the web pages but i've actually got to write the words and, and put the captions in but but i think with um with easter coming up bizarrely you know that that is actually when working from home does stop and we can all switch off computers and and start doing normal stuff for for a long weekend um and i think you know one of the things i'm actually looking at doing is taking daft as it sounds taking some holiday from work because it's, it's just so intense at the moment with just being online all the time i, I almost feel like i need to take a day just just to switch the damn computer off which yeah, I, that's I think, what i did today i just took exactly today off just to give me a break no that's that's great i think it's really important to do that at the moment yeah. it's really important even though we're just going to be doing the same old shit that we're doing right now but um but it's different that's... though it's wargaming related not work related exactly exactly and with good weather coming up you know, there, there's, that's the frightening thing. Though. Good weather, a long weekend. What I need to not do is get tempted to suddenly start making a massive plastic Arab army because I think I've got four days when I might be able to spray it white in the garden. I do not want to do that. And if I come back on, on Bank Holiday Monday and I've done that, you guys can kick me off this podcast and stop it. I've got more than enough to get finished and clear some decks before that, that whole world of nightmare happens. But you did, you're just prepping for when yeah. the uh, rain comes in. That, that's all. Yeah, you're, you're making, it's not too much stuff that's already prepped. That's look, the nightmare. Tim, I, I've already sent you the link to save you time so you can actually stop having oh, the ba- to I've got more than enough bases to do my, uh, my <laughs> next 250 mil armies already. You know, I've got a Spartacus army and I've got a Hungarian army in 50 mil to do never mind so, all the odds and sods to finish off before so i jump might as well undercoat the, them with some spray then peter the answer is <laughs> no the answer is just no right but look look thanks guys um guys and girls that's all six of us um nope. on the screen here so um our new special guest tamsin who's given us some fantastic painting tips and a bit of insight into world of posties um another great quiz from andy and and some uh, I'm just wondering where we're going to go from like, if, if in week two, we're in great leg injuries of history, um, or in fact, great leg injuries of the Napoleonic Wars, which, which is probably one of my favourite Osprey books um, out there, and, um, and, and some other sort of weird painting stuff. So thank you guys, all, guys and girls all for coming along. And um, hopefully anybody listening to this who's still listening after three episodes is, is finding this reasonably entertaining. I, I did have a bit of feedback um, online from someone, which is always welcome, saying um, they listened to this whilst queuing in the um, socially isolated distance trying to get into Tesco's. And by the time they'd listened to it all, they were then allowed in to go shopping, which is a ringing endorsement, um, yeah. really. You, you can't you can't say any further than that. So, um, so I hope all of you... Um, all you people out there have enjoyed this and um, we will endeavor to reconvene in another week and um, 
and fill you in on whatever rubbish we've been up to. So thank you very much. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast and um, see you all next week. Bye.